I mean, the reality is if we're looking at this from a macro view, which is what I think is important, that, you know, it doesn't all have to get done in a day. No. No. Exactly. No. When I let myself do that, when I can look from a macro view, it's like, oh, look how much I've done this year. Yeah. But if I look at it from how much I've done this week, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. You just gotta, you can't look at it from that perspective. You can't micro view it. You gotta macro view it. Um, you have accomplished important. so much this year. Like, it's been a big year. You're on fire. But there's still that thing that runs me that's like, you're not, it's still not, you know, you're not doing enough. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. there's always that conversation there. Oh, yeah. I think. Well, and I think that that comes. Maybe back it'll to, always be there. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. There's, I, I was actually thinking about that, and that might be a good conversation starter for um, a recording, you know, because I was actually thinking yeah. about that the other day, where we talk about our belief system and our operating system and the different things like that, and while I'm not, like, a huge, like, believe it completely 100%, like, horoscope person or numerology person or, you know, any of those things, like, I still... Um, read those and, you know, personality charts and all of those different types of things. Sure. And, like, yeah. I'm, I'm a Scorpio. Like, I'm a Scorpio. And uh, there are things about sort of my operating system that I don't necessarily think are training, but really, sp like, specific personality traits that I, I have fought against in some ways where it's like, I have to change this part of me. But then I, then the flip side of that is embracing it, you know, like, like, yeah. the, like the need not, not to, resisting it. right. Not to, well, that's the whole world of like me waiting till the last minute. Like when I just let myself not make myself wrong for that, cause I'm going to do that apparently. Yep. That's I mean, yeah. there's very little. I have not, I mean, I'm telling you there have been high, high stakes and I'm still waiting to the last minute. So Hell Clearly, yeah. that is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So just be like, yep, that's <laughs> like, who I am. No matter what, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so guess what? That's what you're getting. And, you know, to some degree for me, it's like, you know, what happens when I get in my head and start making myself wrong is I'm a block. Because all I want to do, it's weird to me to say this, but this is the truth of me. All I want to do is show up and be a channel. Right. Like, I just want to show up and have God come through me. Mm -hmm. Or the universe come through me, whatever you want to call it, yeah. and like touch people. And I know that when I get out of the way, that is a powerful experience for people. Yes. Come when I'm in me. my head making myself wrong because I'm supposed to do it right, then I block that flow. Mm-hmm. Totally. And and then it's like, well, you know, and so it's weird because it's like I want to be prepared, but at the same time. When I, you know, if I'm, if I'm not, I have, so, I'm so wired up to do it right mm -hmm. that yeah. I, if I'm, if I'm trying to get too prepared, then I'm always in that world of I'm trying to do it right. When I'm trying to do it right, I'm in my head. When I'm in my head, I'm not an open channel. Right. And I don't make as big a difference. And I you're not doing be, it right then. You're not doing it right, right then by you, by all that you are. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's better and people would have a more profound experience of me if I could just, when I open up and just let myself like be with them and come through. Um, and that's what always, you know, that's what generally happens because I let go. Well, yesterday I cleared with my coach and really let go. 
Um, but it is, it's so right there to just have to do it right. And, you know, it's that, that is my big thing. Like you, something's going to happen bad if you're not doing it right. And I think that that's where the, the training part of it comes in too, is that, um, you know, looking even at our kiddos and we have both kiddos that march to the beat of their own drummer in a lot of ways, um, and sometimes I look at Truman and I wonder, like, we are doing so much to get him to fit within this little box of the way things are supposed to look and supposed to be and, and behave in this certain way or read in this certain way or, you know, speak in this certain way or, or whatever it might be. And I wonder, yeah. part of me starts has started thinking about it from the perspective of, you know, what am I doing but teaching him that him, who he is, is wrong? And this is the right way to do it, that, you know? Well, see, we have that conversation constantly. Um, for one thing, while we were <clears throat> while we were on the, because, so Jessica and I took a trip um, just to ourselves last weekend, and literally we're on the shuttle uh, from parking our car to go to the airport. Mm-hmm. And we get a call from the school that he has climbed the fence again, and is walking through the mud and will not come in. So I called my brother immediately um, because he lives close, Mm -hmm. and I know he works for somebody who has kids at our school. (laughs) So I know they would just be like, go, you know. So he dropped everything and had to go get him, and it was not easy even then for him to get him. Um, And he got suspended for the day. And so, first of all, we got clear. Guess what? We can't leave Kansas. (laughs) <laughs> what would we do? Yeah. What would we do? Yeah. We would never be able to go anywhere without the family and the support group that we have around us. I mean, I have a list of, of 10 people I could have called my brother being number one, my sister, my brother-in-law all the way down, all my friends. I mean, I just, I know enough people yeah. that I would have found, I could have found somebody, but how, what do you do when you, I mean, it took us a long time to build that community. Oh, it's yeah. like, what would, do people do who don't have family or, you know, have community, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we can't leave. No. <laughs> so we're very clear. Guess we're going to stay here until he's 18. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, we talk about this all the time, is like the way school is set up does not serve, does not fit with how our child works. Like it, it is counterintuitive to everything about him. And Yet, the only other option we would have is to, if we had the money, to take him to a school for kids like him. And the closest one is Kansas City. Right. And, you know what I mean? So it's like, what are our choices? We know that homeschooling is not the answer because we've, we've already tried to do some homeschooling with him and he just won't do anything. So that's not going nope. you know, that's just <laughs> yeah. straight through. Right. I mean, the thought like, of it nope. makes me want to vomit. Oh, yeah. You can't even. I just mm, start no to go, no, be a no, home, no. no. Yeah, Mm -mm, it's not happening. So I feel exactly the same way. It's like, you know, so where do you where do you fall in line with? Okay, I gotta I gotta toe the line, or I gotta do this, conform to this because that's the way our society is functioning. Versus this is the way he learns, and this is way better for him. You know, like I'm in the same quandary. Yeah, yeah, and it just and you know you say it's kind of like thinking at some point you were taught that you know preparation and you know being in you know doing things a certain way is the right way to do it 
even though it's counterintuitive to the way you work best. And you right. work best when you are sort of up against it and have the ability to just open that channel to yeah. the world, right? And so, yeah. but we're still so programmed by what is right. You Do know, it it's right. Like the, yeah, be prepared. Do it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the grind yeah. out. The, yeah. you know. Well, and I would assert you... that that goes to not just our programming as humans, but also programming as women. Like, I, I think as women, you're taught early on that you better have all the, you know, you're supposed to know to, how to take care of everybody and know what to do. And, you know, I mean, it's crazy. And that's like that, uh, inst- it's supposed to all come by instinct, too. Nobody really tells you. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's right. You know, this is what it out. is, but you're supposed to be like, I have this natural instinct to, like, save this little tiny human being. <laughs> I don't know. Like, and know all the right decisions to make by it. And then we all end up in therapy because nobody really knows what the hell they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) And we're all screwed up. No. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just, I've been thinking a lot about that lately, about sort of the, what makes me think that this is, like, are there certain parts of my personality? Are there certain things that I I should stop pushing against and yes. instead embrace, <laughs> yes. you know, and be like, this yeah. is who I yeah. am. You know, I oh, am, I uh, I'm an emotional person, you know, like I am naturally quick to tears or, you know, quick to, um, empathy or, you know, hurt. Like I, I cry at dog food commercials. Like that's yeah, sort of the too. natural being. Now I've also mm-hmm. been told that I'm a drama queen. And right. that, like, everything is too much. And I, you know, you're, it's, you know, your behavior, you're silly for sobbing at something, or you're silly for hurting so bad when you see an old person all by themselves eating or something, you know. Like, there's little things that I just have that are like this, like, you know. Yeah. And so then I've really been trying to tamper that part of me over the years where I try not to you know, show my emotional side as much because I don't want people to see me as a drama queen. But that also then takes away that empathetic human being that I am, which then leads to me being a good listener and being a good support system and, and being able to sit with somebody in their pain and, and those type of things. And so why am I fighting against it? Because of some person's, you know, version of what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think, you know, I think that there's something to be said for, you know, I think everybody's a drama queen. Okay? <laughs> I don't think that there's anybody on the planet that's not a drama queen. Yeah. And if you really just look at, you can just, if you from taking a, a bird's eye view or an objective view of listening to the way people may tell a story, about something Mm -hmm. the very first thing they're going to get into is the drama right and i think that there's a big difference between being a drama queen and being empathetic and or sensitive and or you know an emotional person but because our world keeps collapsing those two i think it's up to us to be able to separate out you know what's drama and what's real and authentic sharing of emotion right Right. And I think that's a practice for all of us and for all of us to own our own drama queen. Mm-hmm. I mean, the very first time somebody told me I was drama queen, I can, 
I'll never forget. It was hysterical, actually, because my brother, you know, we'd been doing transformational courses together, and we did this course where you were supposed to interview people and ask them things like, what can you always count on me for? What can you never count on me for? What can you, you know, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. And yeah. so, you know, a couple of things came out of that. One of them was I found out I'm a drama queen. The other one I found out is that sometimes I'm like a dog. I'm like a dog with a bone. Like I won't let things go. Mm. And those two things for me were really hard to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Not the easiest things for me to hear. And it was hilarious because my brother kind of felt like, well, surely he's a very awake and aware person. So he already knows this about himself. <laughs> so he was just, you know, he was just like thinking, oh, he's just going to say this stuff. And I'm just going to go, yeah, of course. And he told, tells me these things. And I'm like, like somebody punched me in the stomach. Oh, yeah. And because I was embarrassed, you know, mm-hmm. if anything else. Um but over the years, I've just been paying attention and starting to notice there is a certain feeling, a certain impetus is the only word I can come to because it occurs like that. It's like this beginning feeling of wanting to get into the drama of a situation versus authentic expression of emotion of it. But I think that is higher math stuff. I mean, you, most human beings are not that conscious i mean a lot of it comes with age but i don't think that we're all that conscious and they're so those are so easily collapsed but i do think that there's something to be said for checking the drama but also what's really authentic in other words whether you're coming from an ego place or whether you're coming from a place of authenticity oh yeah i mean that totally makes sense yeah yeah and i think all of us are prone to drama i mean i just think human beings are prone to drama and I can I can hear people tell stories, and I'm like, wow, listen to the drama. Yeah. In that, you're like, Ooh, <laughs> you really, you really and, created that one. And didn't I you? can be, I can be that. I mean, and I'm, I'm way better at it than I used to be, but I can certainly feel it and want and catch myself wanting to go into a lot of drama um, as well. But I think it's important to have our eyeballs on that, but also the kindness, wrapping yourself in kindness around being able to experience your own emotion. I think that's so important because you're told your whole life don't feel. I am I was told my whole life. We were told as humans, I think we're told our whole lives don't feel, depending on who we were raised by and what's appropriate to feel. You know, the only emotion that ever happened in my house was anger. So, you know, I, that's the I'm real good at is being pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'm, I'm very empathetic too. And, I, and I, um, I've had a new level of that. Um, which is interesting because, you know, I've been working on confidence. Confidence has been my thing. Like I really want to get to a new level of confidence. Mm-hmm. And I had a situation, I don't know how to explain this, that had that it had to do with confidence, but it did. Um, we were in the airport coming back and we came up to the, we were in the DC airport and we came up to the kiosk where you're going to check yourself in. And nowadays you just check yourself in and then they print out the tags and you just give me your bags. I mean, it's kind of a different situation, but I came up and there was a young woman on the floor, kind of in a huddle, like in a, like in a lot in a puddle, um, curled up almost in a ball. And it looked like she was like having a physical hyperventilation or something was uh-huh, going on. Uh-huh. The very first thing I thought of is she is having a psychotic episode, like something's, she may be suicidal. She may be. And I thought of, I have not been through the, through the training um, the suicide prevention training, but I've been around it enough to know that one of the things that's important is to ask someone if they need help and if they're thinking of hurting themselves or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. So there she is. And I see her and I'm like, Oh, 
And immediately I knew it was mine to do. And I had the confidence to just bend down and be with her. And there were people standing in line behind me and they said, sir, we've called the paramedics like they're on their way. You know, and it was almost like I was being told, you know, back off. You don't need yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't need to do that. And I was like, okay, but I'm going to be here with her. I'm just going to be with her. And so I sat, but I'm telling you, I can't, I, I'm continuing to send this young woman love and prayers. And if we're recording this, I would love all of us to send her love and prayers. I don't even know her name, but she was terrified. <sighs> and she was so terrified that if I moved toward her in a particular way, she would literally jump. Mm. Right. Yeah. Dealing with some kind of PTSD episode or something. And then I try to talk to her about what's going on. And um, physically, she felt sick and hurt, but it was emotional because, and finally I got it out of her. She showed me her boarding slip that said she had missed a plane and that she was not allowed to board. <sighs> but she had, it's like, my husband's on that plane. And she hardly spoke any English. Oh. She was like, they wouldn't let me on the plane. They won't let me on the plane and no one will help me. So I have these images of like Trump's travel ban, mm -hmm. you know, all of a sudden they fly because she's clearly not a, not of the U.S. Mm -hmm. She was from a different country and could barely speak English. And she was terrified. <laughs> I mean, it was horrible. Um, but there was something I didn't – I just kept saying, it's okay. I'm just going to be here with you. And we're and and I said, can you be with me? And she would look up and make eye contact with me, and she'd be with me. And then I had to leave because I had a plane to get to, and I didn't know what was going on. But they'd called the police, and that by this time, an officer had come, and I talked to him, and I told him, I said, please be kind to her because she's dealing with some kind of PTSD episode, it looks like, or something is happening here that's intense, and she is scared. She's really, really, really scared, like more scared than you can imagine. Yeah. I could feel it come off of her, the fear. I could just feel it coming off of her. And so before I left, I just said, I said, can you be with me? And she looked at me and I said, look, my angels are surrounding you. And she visibly, I mean, it was like, I'm going to cry thinking about it. She visibly, like her body visibly, like she took a, you know, and I said, I am surrounding you with love. And I, I have to leave, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I've talked to this officer and he's a nice guy and he is going to take care of you and I have to leave, but you are surrounded with love and my angels are surrounding you. And for, for her, that might've sounded like the weirdest fucking thing for me to say. I don't know. It was a weird thing to say, but I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> like, and it just came out of my mouth. It just like, Oh my God. But there was something about confidence around that where I think in the past, I think I would have heard the people say, sir, the, the paramedics have been called. And if I would have been bent down and stayed with her, it would have come from an ego place. Mm -hmm. Like I can fix it. Right. Yeah. Or something like that. Like, well, you haven't, you haven't met me yet. Yeah. You know, something <laughs> yeah, exactly. stupid like that. Yeah. But it wasn't coming from that place at all. Like I felt so powerfully drawn to just be with her. Like just be with her. And I am clear that at least for a moment, I got to make a difference with her. And I did command my angels to surround her because I'm kind of into that these days. <laughs> like, I'm just like bossing all over the place. Um, but it was interesting because it came from that place of, of uh, and I think that and wrapping it back to come back to where we were talking about is that distinction between drama 
and authenticity, mm-hmm. I am clear that that was coming from an authentic place. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Felt, and so I think that we can feel into if we're conscious enough to start feeling into, is this coming from a place of ego and wanting to be seen as something versus I'm in my authentic knowing, I know this is where I'm supposed to be and I know this is what I'm supposed to say. And, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Completely. Yeah. It's, it's the... And, and you taking that moment to accept, too, like, that this is something that you have the ability to do. And yeah. it's okay that, you know, you weren't going to have some sort of resolution or win or, you know, whatever it was. It was, that's where, you know, you you see the, the truth of, you know, where that wasn't in an ego space. Because it was like, you knew that you had this ability to help in this certain way for this specific amount of time. And you did that and then, you know, moved forward. And it wasn't about like some award given for the guy who saved the day and concourse B or whatever. Well, and there's something, you know, Jessica and I've been reading this book, um, uh, listening to this book actually. And it's that the book of love and creation by Paul Selig, Um, We can put that in the show notes, but it's, you know, the thing that they talk about a lot is practicing being in your knowing, Mm. right? So practicing being in a knowing, and this is what we've, this is all we've ever taught. This is what we talk about all the time. And what leaning inside is all about is practicing coming from the place of knowing rather than your head or your body, right? your mind or your body. Yeah. So coming from that, and I and so I have been. I feel like I have been practicing being in my knowing. And that incident for me was like, man, I'm in my knowing. I am a hundred percent. Like yeah. I saw this woman, and I knew immediately it was mine to just be with her for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And like, just I didn't do anything. I just beat with her. Yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah. And I just stayed with her and let and got to a place where she could trust me enough to show me her boarding pass and tell me what was happening a little bit. And I could at least tell the cops, like, this is what I think is going on. Something happened where she got left behind with her husband. And some reason they didn't let her on a plane. And she couldn't even, she didn't, up until that point, there was not even, uh, uh, and, and here's an interesting thing, right? This is a woman who is clearly not of, not American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one's doing, the, the uh, American airline agents weren't doing anything until I until a man, a white man starts talking to her. <laughs> yes. And, and you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, until that point, attention. by the mm-hmm. time I left, the American agents were looking up her ticket and trying to figure out her name and who she was and what plane she was supposed to be on and all this kind of stuff. Up until that point, no, they had called like paramedics or something. Yeah, they were like, so this is going to be somebody else's problem versus... Right, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I have no idea. This woman's just having an episode, whatever. We're right, not, you know, we're not going to deal with it. Her episode was because she was freaked out. Yeah, and she was because so of something that scared. happened with their airline like take care of this woman right who knows but anyway my point is to practice that knowing like practice being your knowing i think is so important because when you're in it then you can't fail like there's nothing that there's nothing that could have i just had this knowing and when i'm in my knowing i can't fail like i just 
I don't, I don't know how to explain that, yeah. but it's and it's, pretty it, powerful. It, it's in it, you know, to circle even back around to the beginning of what we were talking about, it's, that's inherent to who you are, you know, yes. like you are a healer, you are a helper, you are a, um, you are a support supporter, you are a listener, you know, those type of things yeah. that's inherent to who you are. And in your knowing that you gave yourself over completely to that. You know, and instead of being like, oh, you know, gosh, I should listen to these people who are telling me, you know, you know, going sort of going, pushing back against and like doing what is expected of stereotypical white dude. Right. Well, don't you think we all I something I have noticed that just has been interesting to me is I've talked about I talked about this on a um, I've got a friend who's doing a documentary on gender. And we've been talking about she uh, they did an interview with me. And one of the things I talked about was feeling like I'm integrating my Janet back into my J. Mm. So kind of, you know, how it felt for me a little bit was almost like this. And I think I've talked about this before where I didn't honor the woman that I was because I was so interested in transitioning or getting into this body that it's almost like I had to make that wrong in order to step into the new and I think we do that sometimes where we make it wrong, we make our past wrong or we make it bad so that we can, so it's okay for us to close the door. It's okay for us to move on. I mean, I have a, I know that I have a, another client um, who, you know, is probably looking at the end of her marriage maybe, but what's happening right now is she's not ending up because of him necessarily she's it's she's coming into something of her own that she's discovering that is shifting things for her but because that's where she's headed she has started to make him wrong you know what i mean yeah okay yeah like you gotta make him wrong because that's the way you're gonna get out of this you know what i mean it's like what would be could it be possible that you could have a a lovely separation and have your friendship with him remain and you know they haven't been intimate in a long time so that's not there you know like there's this stuff but could you still love him and be his friend and not have to and honor him for who he's been for you rather than have to make him wrong and before you move on? But I think that we do that as humans, you know, and we all have our ways of, you know, like it's kind of the way we deal with grief almost. It's like if I have to move away, then I'll start distancing myself from people. You know, everybody has their way right. of moving on. And something I've noticed is starting to embrace some of the things from my past that I think I made wrong or I think I let go because I thought they weren't okay or they weren't cool enough or they weren't, you know, whatever. And, and part of getting into my knowing is having some of that stuff come back to me. That's like, wow, that's kind of who I, who I am. And so I think that's what you're saying is these inherent traits that we have, these inherent ways of being that may have even been there when we were kids and we have smashed them because we're like, that doesn't fit. And yeah, exactly. The I'm going to create myself to be. I am going to be this version of myself and it, because I'm this new version of myself, that part of me doesn't fit anymore. Yes. Well, and it leads to hypocrisy, I think. I mean, like for myself, I'm only talking about myself, but here's a perfect example. I'm in this coaching program with these guys out in Colorado and a lot of them are faith-based. I mean, they're, they're religious people and they're, sometimes I have that go off in me 
because I was a kid who was very religious. Like I was a kid who was carrying around a cross in my pocket shit in high school. You know, I was like going to listen to the Imperials. I was a religious kid. And then I had to kill that off once the church told me I couldn't be gay. And I felt like in order for me to be gay, I have to, you know, destroy all that. Right. 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 <laughs> like not. And then I had to come out as somebody who actually went back to going to church. And, you know, Jessica and I decided to go to church. We'd be leaving a party and we'd be like, we got to go to church anymore. People like, you don't, you go to church. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, yeah, we got, you know, it was almost like a seeker, like coming out again as somebody who goes to church. But so. I was thinking about this the other day where I make these people wrong or have a judgment about them because they're faith-based and ask me where I am on Sunday, right? Yeah. I literally go to a Vortex group at 9 a.m. on Sunday, which is an Abraham group, but still, I go to this group at 9 a.m. and then I go to church after that. So I'm literally at church from 9 a.m. until 12.30 every Sunday. And I love it. Yeah, and <laughs> it's like something that, like and it's that. like, you and it's something I love about love. myself. Yeah, but man, I had to squash that and kill that because it did not fit into being a queer out, you know, whatever it was that I was going to be. Completely. I couldn't be that and have this. Completely. And so now I feel like I'm coming back around to really embrace those things and instead of resist them. And I think that's what you're talking about is giving up resisting who some of the things that you truly are so that you can fit into some fit mold your new of paradigm you of whatever it is you know like it's like yes we're going through transformation and we're trying to transform these different parts of who we are in order to be the best version of ourselves but that doesn't mean that the church pa the passion that you have for the church needs to go away or that you're some sort of hypocrite because you find you're empowered by your church going experience you know like they, that you know so we tend to like even start to justify if well i'm a hypocrite when i make other people up. wrong for doing it and that's what i'm talking about it's like i become a hypocrite when i make them wrong and i look at myself it's like dude you know i love going to church <laughs> i love being in church preach i love to get preached to i love it you know it's like something i really enjoy yeah but the lgbtqia community could be saying to you, you're a hypocrite because, you know, these Christians believe that you're wrong and that you shouldn't be you, right? But you've I still been able speak to about that because the very first thing for me to say right there is like, I don't go to a Christian church. Isn't that funny? Like, I want to resist the shit out of that conversation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's so funny. I mean, I can feel it in my body when you... It's so weird. I mean, it is so weird to be... I was so strange. I could just feel that in my body when you said that. I was like, oh my God. Wait, wait no. Like, don't let me in wait. with the Christian. Isn't that funny? I don't, I don't want that. I'm going to keep working on that. <laughs> <laughs> Releasing that resistance. Yeah. It's nutty. It's nutty. But, you know, it's wow. like we have become, you know, what we can't do and what I'm recognizing in myself is I don't have to kill parts of me because I'm a transformed human being. I can embrace those parts of me and how they fit within this new transformed person that I am. Yeah. And I think that we do kill off things though. And I think it's okay to go back and, you know, like, I think it's important for us to be looking at and questioning, do I really, does that really serve me? And do I really want that? Or am I just killing that off because... I'm afraid or because it doesn't, it's not cool or, 
you know, all those things. Looking good is so powerful for us as humans. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, oh, good gosh, time. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, as you can tell, we're still working on our own shit day after day. And uh, <laughs> uh, we, we appreciate <laughs> We appreciate that you join us here every week to work on your shit. Um, your shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all in it together. So uh, yeah, we will see you again next week and on the Facebook page. Have a good week. Thank you so much for joining us again this week on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We appreciate you so much, and we invite you to join us at Doing the Work with Jay and Becca on Facebook. Uh, We have a great discussion group there going, or visit us at jayandbecca.com for show notes. We have uh, pullouts of links to the books and the things that we talk about. And as always, we are here for you and we want to be part of your weekly self-care. So thank you so much for listening. Stay connected and most importantly, be kind to you. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, Jay, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.